0: Por qué? a very mixed feeling on everything that's going on and i wanted to address this one thing that i don't know if a lot of people are addressing this but um carlo got his stripe over the weekend and uh, <laughs> i think it's a huge deal because being a black belt in multiple martial arts is not easy and for you to go through all those different martial arts and have a uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I think that in its own deserves its own uh, acknowledgement. So, congratulations to hey. the Mighty Beast Podcasts' uh, number one black belt, <laughs> Carlo Valero, <laughs> aka you,
1: Pinoy Gangster. That there's only there is. <laughs> I've never been known as that, but thank you for anyway. <laughs>
0: Dude, no, how does you don't... it feel, man? Cuz I saw the uh I saw little snippets and little uh pictures online. I didn't want to congratulate you because I wanted to talk to you about it today, but Okay. Um it it I from my point of view, me being a martial artist, uh being a black belt in something is is a great goal to have, but the cool thing about you is that you've you, you don't really care about the belts and you don't care about all that stuff. It's all knowledge-based and you just want to get better as a martial artist, as a person and everything. How does it feel to uh, advance even though uh, even though, you know, you're in your 40s and this is not something uh, a lot of people can experience? So how does it feel to be a multiple black belt person? <laughs> well,
1: well. First, like we should like. Well, first of all, thank you, Sean. I really appreciate mm-hmm. yeah, the man. acknowledgement. Uh, but second, I mean, one, let's make it clear to some of our listeners because maybe they don't all know. Like, um, in some martial arts, when when you get your your black belt, you're automatically a first degree black belt. For example, in karate, uh, we do that in hapkido. But in jujitsu, you you get your black belt, and then the the degrees that come after that are awarded separately. So in Jiu Jitsu, you get your black belt, and then a couple of years or a few years later, then you get your first degree, and then a few years there, then your second degree. So what I got last Saturday in Jiu Jitsu was my first degree on my black belt. Um, yeah. And so what I kind of would be kind of joked with the because a training partner of mine, uh, Kevin, also got his first degree. It was just we kind of looked at each other. It's like I guess that just means we're one of the older black belts in this gym now. <laughs> 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 it just means we we stuck around. Um, but, uh, to get just a little bit serious and f- just for briefly, cause I don't want to be too serious. Uh, you know, I've, in my martial arts career, I've just been super fortunate to be around teachers that were n- knowledgeable, but also number really most significantly generous with their time and energy. Uh, I would not be where I am in terms of, uh, martial arts training, martial arts knowledge without, uh, the coach, the different coaches, the different teachers, and the different training partners I've had in my life that have kind of gotten me here. I've been basically the beneficiary of other talented people's generosity and energy, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> it feels weird when people say, oh my God, you, you went through so much. When you put it that way, it kind of sounds like, oh yeah, that is kind of like a lot of black belts. But it didn't really seem that way as I was going along because... Everyone that I've come, I've run into in my martial arts career, just been so generous and just so giving with their time and their knowledge and sharing that with me. And uh, I've just been very fortunate. And so when we had our belt ceremony on Saturday, you know, you look at it, everybody getting their stripes, some people getting promoted to blue belt, some people getting promoted to purple, brown. We awarded someone their black belt on Saturday as well. It, you know, it it helps for me to be in that kind of envir- environment to kind of shake me up a little bit because my life is weird. My martial arts life is weird. Like not everybody who's trained in martial arts has, has gone through the same experiences as I have, and I've kind of been surrounded by it for most of my adult life. And so it's easy for someone like me to get jaded in those types of situations where it's just, oh, it's just a belt, you know what I mean? Or it's just a stripe. But for other people, I have to remind myself, you know, that is not just a stripe. That is not just a belt. For some people, that's like hours of commuting or like you negotiating time with your family so that you could have this training time for yourself. You know, for some people, it's like I needed to drop the kids off at the grandparents' And so they needed to be babysitters for me for four hours a week just so I could do this whatever thing it is that they don't understand. And so I want to congratulate everybody that got their belts, that got their stripes, and that I want to acknowledge all the work that you put in to make that happen. And also just like encourage you to know and encourage you um, to keep going. And uh, to also thank all of your family members and friends that helped make that happen.
0: Yeah, man. Dude, that's awesome, man. I also uh, saw that Stephen Quach got his uh, stripe on his brown belt, which yeah. is cool because I only, I've only i only known Stephen Quach for a little bit. And that's cool to know that, you know, he's, I didn't know that he was a brown belt. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully,
1: hopefully, I'm thinking if he could keep training and stays healthy… Uh, Hopefully, he can get his black belt later this year. Yeah. That's my hope. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but I, that's my hope. Dude, that'd be sick. Hopefully, I, hopefully I didn't jinx it by saying it out loud.
0: <laughs> and then another homie, old school homie. Uh, who is it? Uh, Emily Sue. She got her uh, blue belt. Yeah, she got her blue belt. Yeah, Dude, that's a huge step forward as well. So shout out to Emily Sue. Uh, anyone else? And our guy Dave Fong, we talked about him last oh, week. Oh yeah, he's
1: he's going to. He wasn't able to make it actually last Saturday Fuck. to the belt ceremony. There was a uh, uh, a family thing he had to go take care of. Okay. Uh, and you know he has to go through a lot to be able to be able to be able to t- actually train. You know he owns his yeah. own business. Yeah. He's got a he's got a family. So the plan is for him to be awarded uh, his black belt in front of the team on saturday in an informal uh ceremony so congratulations to dave maybe we'll do an informal gauntlet to him or two i don't know (laughs) (laughs) even though we've done away with gauntlets
0: how was how was your weekend though oh man it was it was okay we're we had i mean like i said we had this whole thing planned over the weekend because it was memorial day and my kids ended up getting getting catching cold so we uh, had to just make sure everything was cool. We tested them before, all that. So they've been out of school for a while, and then uh, pretty much a whole week, which kind of sucks. They actually went back to school today. Okay. Um, but uh, we had to cancel pretty much everything. But you know, we went to parks here and there. So we we went to a, diff- a lot of different parks. You know, stuff that was like less populated, just keeping them away from people. And yeah, um, is
1: it is your older kids still skateboarding?
0: Oh yeah, I mean you know it's right kind of a mix on, at man. this point because whenever we do go to skate park, he's he's down for it. But uh, now he's just you know these kids just have so much energy and like interest in multiple different things. So it's we're always right. just trying to keep them busy because they're they're into one thing then they're into the other. So I'm just glad yeah. that training Muay Thai is part of that uh, that part of his life. So right, right. But yeah, we talked about. Um, The importance of like martial arts and children we always talk about that and um i'm i'm always trying to preach that i almost preach it like it's a religion you know like oh you you should i never say you need to put your kid into martial arts but um yeah just i can't wait until i always always have this vision of like 10 years from now let's see if we'll compete on the same uh jujitsu uh, competition or something like
1: that uh, dude you know? that'd be that'd be sweet <laughs> remember man? we were talking about like, that? let's see yeah so like yeah. See, 10 years he'd still be a juvenile obviously yeah and in 10 years you'd be what what is that master masters six eight. <laughs> master's eight you'd be 54
0: 55 if megaton can keep going
1: oh, <laughs> no, i got i got a kid's martial arts story one of um uh, our parents in hopkido um uh, pulled me aside he said hey i want to tell you something um you know his daughter trains with us. She's seven years old. Yeah. She said um, he said that she was on the schoolyard and you know she was horsing around with a friend this this boy and uh, this boy started throwing light you know teasingly started throwing light front <sighs> kick front kicks at her right oh, you know the teasing thing that kids do Here and she go. was like telling him she's telling him stop stop I'm warning you stop and so boy keeps going it so finally he down block carries the kick. Uh, and then round kicks the kid, like, in the butt.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet she's not fucking around anymore.
1: <laughs> well, it was, well, it's funny. So, like, her da- her dad's, like, asking her, well, did you hurt him? And, and she's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I didn't I didn't try to kick him really hard, but I kicked him hard enough to know that he shouldn't do that, and he hasn't done it since. You know, it's what's cool about kids, man, is, like, they're still friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like they held, like, some grudge. But I was just kind of picturing... Yeah, you got to check, but you would be, you would laugh, dude. If you saw this little girl, she is like, she's tiny. She's like six or seven years old. She's, she's a tiny girl, you know. Oh, but you know what's weird? You know, you probably noticed this going to martial arts schools. And I think we talked about this briefly on the podcast. that Like little, little girls, just their coordination is just so much better than the little boys. Like they catch on to moves like so much faster. And you'll notice this too. Like if you go to jujitsu tournaments, for example, Sometimes these kids' divisions are so small they mix everybody up, yeah. and especially in the super young ages, you know, the, the girls like wipe the floor with the boys in these jujitsu oh, comps. Man, and, and these so kids, horrible. man, like the, these little girls, they're like taking the back and they're like slapping arm bars from different angles. Yeah. Like, I've refereed a couple of matches that where I've seen that like firsthand. I'm like, man, these kids are scary. <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm not competing as a six or seven year old, these girls would
0: like break me. Yeah, there was actually a jiu-jitsu world league, I think down south or something like that. And one of my kids, uh, one of my, uh, my kids, one of my uh, friends, kids competed in that. And, uh, you know, we were talking about kids and martial arts and whatnot. That, t- that type of stuff really resonates to the girls. Like the person I was talking about, her name is a uh, little Riley uh, Morales out there out uh, from Gracie Baja. Uh, San Clemente, she did uh she did her thing and she won. But I was like I was saying, kids in martial arts, especially the girls. I mean, she's almost considered a professional athlete at this point. So have, <laughs> have you seen those kids? Those kids that are super dedicated to freaking jujitsu to the point where they're like sponsored. And I'm like, good lord, already? Man,
1: it's sponsored like as a yellow belt or as a black yeah. belt. That's crazy, man. Dude. Like, you know, what's really impressive to me is these kids that compete in like the professional grappling leagues, like yeah, Fight to Win. That's like what she Fight does. to Win will feature yeah. these kids and, uh, you know, they're getting paid to grapple. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. And like imagine like the nerves that can sometimes go through a kid's uh, body having, you know, because in Fight to Win, there's nothing else going on besides your match. Yeah. So every, all the eyes are on you. I mean, what a rush for these young ones, man. So big yeah. props for these young kids like that are willing to do it on the big stage. I can't do it. I was not built like that.
0: I yeah. was sure. <laughs> not yeah. built like that. <laughs> Pete. Yeah. Just a little bit of Pete. Just a little bit of P. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> Did you get to see the uh, the Tank Davis um, boxing match over the, the weekend? Against uh,
1: Davis Romero. versus Romero. I yeah. saw the, the I saw the end. I, I saw the highlights. I saw the end. Uh, I wasn't able to see the whole thing. I I just when I saw the end, I just thought to myself, it's "Like man, like that's like Southpaws always give give that problem, you know." Oh, yeah, I be Southpaws. Like, D- Davis set a great trap when he stepped back. Uh, you could argue Romero was just trying to push the action a little too much, and he just stepped into a left hand by Davis, and Davis put him out. Uh, I didn't see the whole fight though. how juicy yeah. you see it? Because like. Apparently Romero was was screaming for a rematch um, <laughs> even though he got knocked out uh, he's claiming he felt like he was winning all the rounds before that oh knockout God, which yeah. I think which is which I think is kind of rendered uh irrelevant once you get starched.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, but did you see the whole fight? Yeah, I did. Uh, I I streamed it. Um so even though apparently uh that fight actually or that fight card Set the record at Barclays for a live gate. Can you believe that? Out of oh really? The, out of everything that's ever happened, you know it's a fairly new uh, stadium, so it's yeah. Um, for him and for to, people, for people who don't know, that's where the Brooklyn Nets yeah, play. That's where the so. Brooklyn, so you know if you think about, it, they have the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not sure if they've been in the playoffs. They have been in the playoffs. So yes, yes, they for have. for Gervonta Davis as a combat sports fighter. For him to to sell it out like that. That's a huge deal. A lot of people don't know that, but um, the crazy thing about it also is for for me, at least I didn't know anything about uh, Romero going in. I just saw Friday night that, you know, there was a fight happening on Saturday. So I was like, oh shit, you know, we haven't had anything going on anyway. So when I watched it, um, this is before I knew that there was so much shit talking or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And uh, I watched the fight and I was, You know, I I got to watch it without any commentary bias because I was watching my I was putting my son to sleep as well, Mm -hmm. and uh, it looked like Romero was actually almost had uh, kind of the game plan to kind of jeopardize what was going on with Tank Davis because you know Tank Davis has always been known as um, kind of he's he's been known as a finisher. I mean he's he only I think he's only not finished two fights out of his twenty something. Uh, wins, but it looked like Romero was actually figuring him out, and he was actually catching him up until that, mm-hmm. you know, that crazy sixth round that happened, and you know he got starched. I mean, it was pretty bad. You can see it. And yeah, I think the hyper. Yeah, and then yeah, the, the hyper aggression. The shitty thing, just the shitty thing was when he was walking back to the freaking dressing room. They kept the camera on him. It's like, dude, let him fucking let him do his thing. Like he just got fucking his his mouth put into his or his foot into his mouth and um i started looking at instagram later on and and they showed the shit talking that was going on and there was this one clip where he he was wearing like this this jacket that was that almost looked like a lion's mane Mm -hmm. and uh he was wearing some denim jeans or something like that but his shit talking was terrible I, i think it it made everyone feel so awkward um and man if i if i could play a clip that would be pretty funny but i don't have the clip right now but it was for him to talk that much shit and say he wants a rematch and getting knocked out that quick not not that quick but in that fashion i mean germante davis has to be probably the most exciting person in combat sports for now
1: yeah i mean like just a just like a tip for all you future fighters like uh, if you if you get finished or knocked out you you're gonna have a hard time asking getting an immediate Rematch, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta make it compelling in other ways. Um, but, uh, in the boxing scene, I know the the next big boxing fight that has been booked for September's or a rematch between, uh, Canelo versus, uh, Gennady Golovkin, yeah. which I, I'm furious about, uh, because, uh, they fought twice before. In my in my opinion, even though it was ruled a draw, I thought Golovkin won the first fight. The second fight was closer, but I thought Golov- Golovkin won that one as well. But it was closer. They awarded it to Canelo, so I wasn't too mad. So this third one, I feel that they booked it specifically for Canelo to win because Golovkin's older now. Yeah, Golovkin's older. He's slower. Um, he wants it though because you know I think Golovkin in his heart feels that he has Canelo's number, but they basically um, book this for Canelo so he has a win after his loss against uh, Beauville, Yeah, you know. So I I was kind of I was furious that they booked it, but I will probably still tune in to watch it in September <laughs> because I'm a, oh, yeah. I'm a big Triple G fan. I'm a big Triple G fan, and I hope hopefully he doesn't get too hurt. But I mean he's just. If you watch Triple G's recent fights, uh, he, I mean, the power is still there, but he's older and it's showing. It's showing in his movement. Yeah, just like Holly Holm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, father time's undefeated. You know how that goes.
0: Can I bring up something? You know, I watched, I ended up watching the Holly Holm fight again without any commentary. I think that, what's her name, ended up winning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was weird. Is weird. it?
1: Is it because the effect? Would you feel like her strikes were more effective? I think and like she did more damage, or I think
0: it was. I think it was more. I mean, you know how you were saying that you know the refs got it right because I mean, the refs didn't get the, the refs got the whole like damage bias thing. Like yeah. I felt like the commentary also was like kind of kind of pushing me towards Holly at the at the same time. It was weird, and you know what was crazy was. Uh, Kenny Florian was the one that said that he, he had watched it without the commentary. And I was like, oh, let me try to do that too since I had some time. But um, he was right though, man. Like, mm. I think she did end up winning, but she squeaked it out. Like, literally squeaked it out. Okay. And yeah. Anyway, like that's, I don't, that's just, that's another conversation. Right. but
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't think it was a robbery, but I just, yeah. uh, it was close. Um, I think, you know, maybe people favor certain things. So, um, but and you're then, right, you know, though, and man.
0: then, you're right because Holly did really show her age right there. She looked every yeah. bit forty, like yeah, especially she after too,
1: especially ha- after the heavy clinching, clinch fighting. Right, yeah. it was just she wasn't bouncing around as easily. Um, so, and now she got bounced out of the top three ranking in the division, you know, yeah, because yeah. of that loss. So it had repercussions. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that division. Yeah,
0: we will. Uh, so we have some fights coming up, and I think they're just like rubbing us off until the whole uh, big pay per view comes up. What do you think?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know if it's like <laughs> that type of a tease, but I, I i i like I like these matchups that they have. Uh, the for the UFC Fight Night uh, this weekend, I do like the the main event and the co main event. Oh yeah, uh, I i and usually um the main event is uh Alexander Volkov versus uh Charzinho Rosenstrike and usually i don't get up so much for um middle tier heavyweights but in this case i think the styles of these two makes the the fight really interesting how do you, how do you see this one
0: going i feel like the days of, like, Jorginho... Garzin- like, Jorginho just had, like, this weird come up in the UFC, if you think about it. Like, he's just mm-hmm. he was just starching people. But as soon as he got exposed, he's been kind of in... Uh, he's kind of had a little bit of a slump. Mm-hmm. So for him to go against a veteran like Alexander Volkov... And mind you, this is the Alexander Volkov that beat Fabrizio Verdum. That's he all right. Beat, uh, he was just literally this close to beating Derek Lewis... And I remember that fighting fight. for the title—that so, pissed me
1: off. I remember that fight, <laughs> and I think Alexander
0: Volkov wasn't he also a Bellator like champion, like a heavyweight champ or like uh, I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. The other. I'm not sure about that, but he did starch Alistair Overeem as well. So yeah, there you go. And you put that—I mean, look at how many fights he has. He has over forty fights versus Jorginho Rosenstrikes. I mean, his his striking background is amazing. That's cool, but when you put it all together, I think Volkov just has so many more ways to win. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, Rosenstroke, Shh. if he if he's not striking, he's in trouble. So I think Alexander Volkov doesn't mess around. He uses his striking and his range to kind of keep him at bay. As soon as Jorginho uh, throws a kick or if he throws a, a, a weaving or like a wide hook or something like that, I think there's going to be a clinch battle and there's going to be a takedown. Uh, Volkov, I think, it's going to be too much. He's just going to be able to move on top um, all over the place. So I think he pounds him out. Probably finishes him in the second round, I think.
1: Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Very specific. Very, Very specific. You did a play-by-play. You looked
0: in, You took the time
1: stone from the <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet and made a play-by-play of how this is going to go. <laughs> you know, I, I'm excited for this fight because you have two primarily strikers mm-hmm but with different approaches based on their body types, right? So Volkov is tall, long, um, and his striking style reflects that. He's very patient. He's got clean combos. He's balanced. Uh, Rosenstrike more of a kind of stocky build, power delivery explosion, right? Not so great on the defense, uh, but he can change <laughs> the game with one punch, you know? Uh, so I'm curious because, also, oh, they have different paces. You know, Volkov tends to take his, take his time. Even when he's going in for the finish, he's never, like, wild on his approach when he tries to go into the finish. He's very patient and very reserved, controlling himself so he doesn't uh, throw himself off balance. Whereas uh, Ro- Rosenstrike, if he sees you in trouble, he will blitz you. I'll say this. On paper, I think Volkov should win this handily. But because of the pace that Volkov tends to take where he's super patient, he might leave an opening for Rosenstrike to like catch him with something. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I think Rosenstrike does have a chance here. Uh, I don't think it'll end in the second round. I think I think weird things might happen in the in the third round. I think that's when like Rosenstrike will, will um, find himself in trouble and he'll have to push the action and Volkov will have to rely on his countering uh, against Rosenstrike's aggression. So I think it'll be a finish in the third round, but I don't know who's going to win it. I don't know who's I think on paper it, it should be Volkov, mm-hmm. but Rosenstrike can change things sometimes with his explosion. So so I think a weird thing's going to happen in the third round. So I'm going to be undecided on this.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that. Uh, what about the co-main with the uh Mr. Dan 50K Ege versus uh, I don't even know how to say this fucking name. Evloev. Got it. Ev Evloev. Movsar yeah. Evloev. And we yeah. already know who's gonna win this, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it should be Dan Ige. <laughs> I know.
1: Hey, I know you, you you hear a name that has two V's in it, and Sean, I know you get all starry <laughs> eyed and you think, "Oh no, they're from they're from the Eastern European block or from Russia. They're gonna they're gonna wrestle the shit out of them." But yeah. I think uh, when the takedown advantage in terms of takedown ability um, and takedown tenacity, yeah, you would probably tip the scale slightly to Evloev, but. Yeah. <laughs> but Ige's ground game is no joke. Now, it will be interesting to see, like, what happens when Ige's put on his back. Uh, but in but in Loewe's history, um, when you look at his fight history, when he's gotten the takedown, it's not like he's been super dominant in certain terms of being able to just hold somebody down. So a lot of his success, Ive Evlove, um, success I'm speaking of, yeah. comes from... His opponents fearing the takedown, and so they, and so because they're so aware of the takedowns, uh, Ivlov's able to strike them um, pretty handily with with jabs and straights. Um, and but, Ige's stand up is super clean. I don't think he's going to worry so much about the takedowns. Uh, I would be interested to see if Ige will try to take Evloev down. Probably won't happen. Evlo- Evloev is like so hard to hold down. I've I've seen it happen where like he he's gotten take taken down and then he just kind of pops back up uh, very cleanly. Uh, his scramble ability is pretty pretty tight. Um, Evloev, I'm talking about. Uh, so if it does go to the ground, I'm very curious how that goes. But if it stays on the feet, Ige should be able to outpoint him and. I'm not sure if Evloev I- will be able to kind of dominate him on the ground, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go with Dan Ige in this one.
0: Yeah, I am going just based off of last name. I'm going with uh, <laughs> Evloev. No, no, uh, ex- I mean, yeah, nothing behind it, just because his last name is that and he's undefeated. So uh, yeah, sorry, Dan Ige, you're probably gonna have to go down to. Uh, <laughs> About. <laughs> I mean Elo Ilu,
1: man, he's he is relentless with those takedown attempts. Um yeah. but it just his history hasn't shown like a super yeah. domination with Agreed. it. But but people are aware of it and people don't want to be caught up in that. So, um, and that's how Iluiv uh is able to score, you know, just taking advantage of the fact that someone just trying to not get taken down so much that they'll give up free points with the strikes. Oh yeah. Well but I think I think it'll be interesting. I think hopefully Iga makes it an exciting fight because well, he always does. uh yeah because Evlov like, if there's one rub against him is that that maybe some of his past performances haven't been super compelling. Yeah. Even though like you know he's won.
0: He's got to try to protect that. Oh man.
1: I guess. You know, but I'll, I'll say this though, like thankfully in mixed martial arts, like the undefeated record isn't as important as yeah. it is in some other, in, like, uh, yeah, because like, you know, your career is mm, over. Yeah. It, it, your career's not over just because you have a, a couple of losses. Yeah. So that's, that's a great thing about him, about him, about him. I was just, uh, I was on the, the part where I was asking if there's any uh, other fights on the card that uh, yeah.
0: we're compiling to Which one are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to. I just want to see Alonzo Menafield do his thing, but I think he might get his ass beat because he's going against a fucking Russian. Um, (laughs) Dime piece. (laughs) There's always a dime piece fight Carolina Kovalkovich versus uh, Felice Herrig. Uh, So that's my dime piece fight of the night.
1: Yeah, um, let's I'm gonna talk about that one just for, yeah, a, for a brief second. Go. Like, you know, so like uh Felice Herrig came comes from a Muay Thai and kickboxing background. Yeah. Uh one of the reasons why I became a fan of Koval is because her background was from uh uh, uh Sanda. So she did oh. uh Chinese Sancho was, was her original combat sports background. So she's one of the few uh MMA uh fighters that could effectively throw uh uh sidekicks and leg. spinning back yeah, yeah. kicks, you know, and she's super fast. I think this fight between, um, these two is kind of like a, a close the chapter type of fight because totally. they're both, I think they're both you could argue of, of kind of a previous generation of fighters yeah. that, like, you know, that transferred over from a different kind of combat sport and couldn't quite make it to the upper echelons of yeah. MMA. So I find it interesting that both of these two, um, are matched up together because they're, they, you know, you almost think <laughs> of it as just knew like Bashwagner News, like these two are from a previous generation, a previous type of skill set that, you know, they're not really part of the new modern uh, MMA fighter uh, kind of uh, wing of things. Uh, Felice Herrig was kind of haunted by the fact that she's not really super well-rounded as the MMA yeah. fighter. And Kovalkiewicz was kind of haunted by the fact that she doesn't really have a ton of power. She has finishes, but when she went up against another power striker, um, it just showed uh, that she was just lacking in that department yeah. and showed that there are levels to this. So I, I'm curious to see how this how this fight kind of goes. Um, I'm not rooting really one way or or another. Uh but it's just kind of like I don't know. Like I think the loser of this one kind of starts looking at um maybe signing up for Bellator or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> but uh nah, no. but even That's worse. how that's even how, even how worse I BKFC, look at it kind of going like BK- a go oh, fucking oh.
1: bare knuckle. Oh my are they gonna face Paige Van Zandt in AEW dude. Pro Wrestling or something. Uh, but uh but yeah so it so I'm, I'm looking forward to that fight because it's just like hey you know I'm, I'm a fan of both these fighters but I'm also kind of ready to say goodbye to one of them or both of them in terms of being yeah. them being mainstream M- MMA stars
0: I mean if you if you look back in history they actually fought in 2018 and uh Carolina took it in a split decision mm-hmm Again, that was four years ago. But uh, so this fight almost might be like a like a snoozer because they already fought each other and they probably kind of know each other. But it'll be just great to watching them fight. Carolina, I think she has more to lose because she's on a really long re- losing streak. I think she lost like five or six. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. She's lost five. But Felice has lost three in a row. So, you know... This could be, like you said, passing of the guard, uh, who's going to be able to... It's almost like who's going to stay and who's going to leave because we're both on losing streaks. Um, I think Carolina, she's been part of, I'd say, bigger fights because she... I mean, her losses come from Jessica Penny, Jan Janan, Alexa Grasso. I mean, you know, Michelle Waterson. Good good people. I mean, good girls that she's fought. Same thing with Felice Herrig. Yeah. Um, I just think Carolina, like you said, she has no power. So I think Felice probably has a better grappling game. So if it goes to it, I think Felice probably submits her. I'll give it
1: to Kovokavich for this one, just for the slight speed advantage. I think maybe she'll be able to outpoint her over three rounds, whether those like strikes will give enough damage for judges to give her credit. I guess that remains to be seen, but I'll give the benefit of the doubt for Kovalevich. I think, again, like you said before, she's got more to lose, so maybe she'll mm-hmm. fight with some urgency and overshort her performance.
0: Do you think it was, it's just a thing of, I mean, she's been with the same camp for the longest time. Is this is this a thing where she's always been maybe like a, you know, there's three-dimensional fighters, and I feel like she's like a 1.5-dimensional <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know, know, I it's hard, especially you know, she's an overseas fighter, uh, so it's not like you know, like, I mean, you know, like for she's also from Poland, like Joanna Drzejecek is, but you know, Drzejecek became a champion and, like, after having all those resources, you know, moved everything to Florida, uh, but you know, maybe you have to get that level of success to be able to make a move like that kind of even feasible for somebody, yeah, so um, it's hard, it's hard, so. So I don't I don't know what it is. It could be sometimes certain people have a physical and mental ceiling as well in terms of what their ability is compared to the the fighting league that they're a part of. Uh, so it's kind of sad to say, but that might just be her case. Some people just don't have it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, other notable fights on the card. We see. Let me see.
1: <laughs> other notable fights that we did not like, look at at all hmm. beforehand and we don't really care about but you know if we if 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 there isn't anybody else on the UFC we could always go on to
0: the one championship card they have a couple yeah. of MMA
1: fights oh, we can talk about there too
0: yeah so I'm gonna give one more shout out to the Aaron Blanchfield versus JJ Aldrich fight that should be a good one Aaron Blanchfield I think I'm not sure if I had to remember I don't think she came. I think she came from Invicta, but she's kind of making a, a big statement out in that weight class. So hopefully she wins. What uh, weight class are they fighting in? So she's fighting at 35. But if I okay. remember correctly, JJ Aldrich was a 25er. But. Ah, this it, it might, uh, might be a 20. Decided
1: I like hamburgers too much. Yeah. I'm oh, so moving we'll up see. in weights.
0: <laughs> but dude, that 1FC that card, why aren't they putting freaking Taiwan Chai as the freaking headliner on this?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But uh let's uh let's talk about it. Um, the uh, the top MMA uh, fight on that card is Kwan Wan Il versus Fabricio Andraj in their uh, Bantamweight division. Dude. Uh, I mean this one this one's gonna be barn, barn burners. Just give people a little bit of background. Yeah. Fabricio Andraj has like a pretty extensive Muay Thai background, so his striking is super clean. Super strong and one one uh, ill or is it one Il Quan? What is it? <laughs> one one. You know, you look on the one championship website. They like, say it's Quan one Il, but in either case, he is a freaking scrapper. Yeah, dude. That dude is a scrapper. He's more of, of the MMA vibe. Like he will try to mix in actual uh takedowns, but. Uh, his past performances have shown he's been very willing to kind of just stand in the pocket and trade with somebody and exchange brain damage, exchange uh, brain damage, CTE, CTE scans with the other fighter. How do you see the, these two uh, uh, approaching this one, Sean?
0: From what I've seen, the Juan uh, Ilkwan, he's almost kind of like a, um, a Korean zombie where. He mm. Walks forward and just kind
1: takes, of like a faster Korean Zombie, yeah, yeah. Right? He
0: takes one to give one, and um, that could get him in trouble, man. Against yeah. uh, Fabricio Andraj. and he, he, I don't even know who's gonna win this fight because, as much as I want our Asian Pacific Islander Juan Ilquan, to uh to win, I have a feeling Fabricio Andraj is just too much for him. So Fabrizio had yeah go ahead yeah Sorry. so i'm i got him i say he finishes him in the third third round cuz i think it's three rounds right
1: yeah over here on, yeah. on in mma yeah and and just to be clear to everyone to remind everyone in in one championship even though they have rounds they judge the fight in its whole. totality yeah. yeah so um i th- i think like Fabricio, it sense to show a little bit more patience cuz he's you know he's very clean very confident he's a um, he's a southpaw striker so that left kick is going to be very dangerous that's something to watch out for the um, fabricio's left kick to uh quan's body yeah i'm going to i'm going to give this to um uh to quan just because sometimes that uh that unpredictable um approach can kind of shake up these kind of uh proper uh orthodox not orthodox i should say more like a more a classically trained strikers yeah. like Fabricio. so i'm going to go with quan through sheer unpredictability they both have power i i guess i would give maybe the slight power advantage to andraj but uh quan has been able to put people away with body shots yeah um so i'll i'll just say i'll go with uh, oh. quan by
0: second round finish dude imagine if it was a fucking body shot too I wonder what the odds are.
1: Like, hey, you know they just, both they both have body shot finishes yeah, on did, their record too. So like up, yeah. so the power's there. The Power's there. Yeah. And then, uh, I think uh, another fight I want to let's talk about because yeah. we're both jiu-jitsu, we've both trained in jiu-jitsu is uh, uh Marcus Bushesha Almeida oh, yeah, uh, is having his like second MMA fight against Simon Carson from Australia. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, there was a time in um, in competitive jiu-jitsu where Buchesha was the guy yeah. like the guy in jiu-jitsu like uh just beating everybody uh multiple worlds uh multiple panams um now he made the move the pivot to mma um, and he's fighting uh, simon carson who's a uh, a fighter and also a trainer he owns i think he owns his own gym out in australia does he uh, yeah so
0: uh why would you uh, sign up for this
1: well, you know it's a big name. Uh, <laughs> it's just right across the pond. There, he's in Australia. Just gotta take know, the boat.
0: Take the boat over to Singapore. Get does this motherfucker to fight. have even a record? Come on, man.
1: I you know I don't know. I don't know. Like so, I'm trying this, to look is only, for it. this is only. Uh, 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 MM fe- is this like, <laughs> they're, is, they're this a, is only Bouchesha's second MMF. That's what I'm saying. Is this
0: motherfucking same- can? This is
1: just a this is just a feed, right? They're just oh, feeding yeah. Bouchesha somebody.
0: I think so. I mean you got one of the biggest personalities in jujitsu and you know, they're trying to get everyone that they can get. Mm-hmm. Look at fucking Tunin and Aoki. They ended up losing. They're still going to get paid a shit ton of money, but fuck man, hopefully, hopefully Bochecha wins and he puts on like a really good show.
1: Yeah. You know, and I know like, you know, um, fellow, uh, Jiu-jitsu players are going to be, like, tuning in because, you know, they always love to see representatives of the art do well in, um, in MMA to kind of help justify all their time on the mat.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, man. Um, and then one more for me. Okay. His name is Yod kai Kyu, a.k.a. Y2K. Fairtex. I don't know if this is MMA or if this is uh, Muay Thai. I think it's MMA. And oh, yeah. He, Y2K oh, versus okay. Gary... Mangat? Mangat? Don't okay. tell him he's Filipino. Let's see if he's Filipino. And he's <laughs> He's from Canada.
1: Well, he might be a Filipino from Canada. <laughs>
0: I know. No, he's they too, do have a Filipino he's too brown to be Filipino. He said, whoa, hello. Hold on, hold on. Calm down here. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know how much... I mean, those the Fairtex MMA program. I mean, they got stamped all the way to the world title. I mean, they're obviously known for their Muay Thai. So hopefully, because this dude got. I mean, YTK ended up getting fucked last in his last fight, but uh, we'll see. Well, we'll see.
1: Yeah, well, well, for a lot of these like Muay Thai practitioners and kickboxing fighters, you know, a lot of times, like they have a hard time finding. Fights in those sports, and so MMA is always looking for new talent. Like people forget that how relatively young MMA is as a sport. True. So these promotions are always looking for for talent, and they're always looking for. And if you're a fighter, you're looking for fights. You can always find a fight in MMA if you're willing to make the jump. True. And so that's you know, and if you if you're not fighting, you're not getting paid. So these guys are you know they're trying to make money. You know they're trying to get paid Seriously. over here. <laughs> So hopefully, just no one gets hurt. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, let me see anything else.
1: Well, oh. let's talk about let's let's jump into a little bit of news. Yeah, um, let's do it. our guy uh, Junior Dos Santos. We talked about how last week uh, popped his shoulder out in the middle of the fight, so he's gonna have to get sh- shoulder surgery. Fuck. It's not just one of those little things, so that's gonna lay him out for a little bit, and that's probably gonna put plans on hold for Khabib to match him up against Fedor. Right. I have, a, I have a question for you on this. Sure. Um, so, you know, I kind of talked to, I just spoke on, just talked to, <laughs> I spoke on how young MMA is as a sport. And one of the side effects of that is that there's not a lot of top level MMA camps, you know, around the world. True. So you find that a lot of these the top tier fighter, a lot of these top tier fighters, like, they train together or they know their, they know other people that train at other gyms. Like everywhere, it's like a, it's a small world. It's a small circle. Mm. But anyway, the current um champ, uh, Aljamain Sterling uh made a comment that you know his teammate, uh, Mirab Dvalashivili um is coming up in that division and that if he wins his next fight, um Aljo says he might move up a weight class so that his uh his teammate can uh, fight for the title. Like uh, basically Aljo's saying that he'll vacate the title Damn. for his teammate. That I mean
0: man. that's like this does this doesn't
1: happen in boxing. You yeah. know what I mean? This doesn't really happen in like in kickboxing or in Muay Thai. Or maybe it does happen in Muay Thai. I just I've never heard of it. But you hear about this sometimes people running into teammates a lot in MMA. And again it's yeah. because the circle is so small. There's not a lot of top gyms. So a lot of these top fighters end up training with each other like what's your thought on
0: that i mean it makes sense i mean mma has grown so much that look at att they have people over there where it's getting too crowded to where there's just too Mm. many good people there yeah to a point where champions and former champions have to move out so um it's it's a given it's gonna happen and I think that's pretty admirable from Aljo. I mean, who knows how hard it is for him to cut down to that weight also. Because he's a big dude
1: mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. weight
0: division. And he, he could be a featherweight at this point.
1: Right, um, right. Not
0: sure how he would do against the Maxes and the um and, and like the Volkanovskis. The or, or, yeah, Volkanovski, the champ. It, and the Ortegas, you know. Like right, right. Those guys are getting much taller, which is crazy. Because you know Ortega, he could fight at lightweight. Max is fought at lightweight. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, that's, that's pretty cool how he's, he's willing to move up. And Mirab is, you know, he's slowly and silently moving up the rankings. So, um, we'll see. I mean, Aljo's scheduled. I think they are scheduled to fight him and, uh, TJ Dillashaw. I think they, I listened to Brandon, Brandon Schaub's, uh, uh, podcast the other day and TJ was on there and he broke the news that, um, they're fighting. Okay. So it'll, that's going to kind of dictate what's going to happen because TJ, you know, he's a vet and granted that he, he, he got popped for whatever he was doing and he owned up to all that stuff, but he's no easy go man. And for him to be that close to a title shot and a lot of, you know, uh, Aljo has been through a really tough year and really kind of validated his, his win finally over Yon and
1: yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Impressively,
0: because, dude, I I thought fucking Aljo was gonna get smoked. That freaking fight. So did
1: I. So did I.
0: But we we both got the white belt of the. We of totally the got our to order our white belts for so, that.
1: And so let's jump ahead for just a little bit. Yeah, then. like if so, Aljamain Sterling versus T.J. Dillashaw. Yep. is T.J. still with Bang Muay Thai?
0: I would think so, and I think he's also with the tr- trainings. You know. The the rain center mixed with uh, they're still out there in south, southern California. So they have dudes like Juan Archuleta in there, and I I think he's still he just has a good group of guys. Okay, so so how do you think that's still in? He's splitting time with Denver. How you, how are you calling that fight? (sighs) Alterman versus TJ. Man, (laughs) that's a toss up for me, man, and. I'd I'd say TJ just because he's he's been a champion he's been long he's got the ch- he's got the belt twice dude like he's he's had mm-hmm. to come back from knee surgery also so <sighs> I I say TJ gets it but it's gonna be it would be it'd have to be unanimous yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go
1: with Aljo just because he's bring he's gonna bring a not to not to make a play on words because no, no, he is no, the no. he's not yeah. because he is a funk master. But he's going to bring some weird funk that I don't think that TJ's really kind of faced before in the cage. Right. You know what? Uh, That's so, a valid point, man. Because, and, and, you know, Aljo's always proven me wrong on certain things. And I think he's gotten to that point where, he, you know, he's not just an overperformer, He's not just an overachiever. Yeah. This guy has a game plan. He sticks to his game plan. He listens to his coaches. Uh, he's a legit champ. Uh, and I just kind of feel after all this time, like, I'm, like this might be like the last run for TJ, obviously. Yeah. So he may feel like his back is against the wrong, but against the wall. But if Sterling is feeling like he's gonna move up a division so that his teammate has a shot at the title, he might feel like his back is against the wall. That's true. You know, he wants to go into featherweight on a win. He does he's not yeah. trying to leave Bantamweight um as a loser. Yeah. So you can get a title like,
0: shot right away.
1: If you think yeah. About it so right? like I think I think. I think I'm gonna go with Aldo on this one. Nice. Um, and one last bit of news: It just got announced recently that uh, July 16, uh, uh, T City Brian Ortega is fighting Yair Rodriguez. That's you know, we were talking. We scrap. were. Yeah, we were. We were talking about. Um, Fuck. This division. It's so on July 16. It's gonna air on ABC. So, this will be really? free. Yes. So, this will be on free TV for everybody. This will be like the third uh, fight card ABC has aired for the OC. That's a good fight um, to put out to the think, public, man. I think it's a great fight because when you talk about like um, Yair Rodriguez, you're talking like excitement, almost too exciting. <laughs> he tires himself out. But uh, excitement against another exciting fighter, and Brian Ortega is trying to get back into the, uh, the title picture over here so that that's that's some good news i think for the mma world Dude, totally
0: you training today
1: i am training today i'm about to run out to jujitsu try out this first right. degree stripe uh see if it <laughs> makes my see if it makes my top gain and me any heavier go. see if it makes my guard any better probably won't but whatever maybe people will treat it like i'm better and uh They'll just uh, give me the submissions that I want. Yeah.
0: It's like it's like stickers on on rice rocket cars. It adds five horsepower.
1: And that was the yeah That's the
0: rule. Every sticker adds five horsepower. So you add. I like that. Yeah, you add five something to your fucking black belt thing.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How's, that? How's your training? You you training this week at all?
0: Yeah, I trained last night and uh, had a really good trainer, but I woke up real tired, so. Um, I just got to finish up up some work and then uh, I'll be doing some video work for Travis tomorrow at the gym tomorrow night so uh, look out for that stuff and don't forget to hit that subscribe button because you know we need you guys to listen to this goddamn podcast we appreciate everybody we love you guys and thank you guys for all the listens too we're getting a pretty good response Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram Sean underscore Pierre underscore yours. Uh, Hopkey1 on Instagram and Hopkey11 on Twitter. Don't forget to visit Magala Jiu Jitsu there in the mission, as well as Fight Culture at Top of the Hill and Hopkey to USA
1: in the Sunset District with uh, Coaldo Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Shout out to oh, sorry. Hercules uh, Samu... and uh, yeah. Salmo Martial Arts. Yeah, yeah. Salmo Martial Arts. They're in Pinole and Pacific Rings. Yeah, resistance is double.
0: Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland. Don't forget to watch those fights, guys. Don't me.
1: Total white belts at gambling. Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> We're working on it. Take care, guys. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Peace.